Hey folks, this is Dr. Rob, and welcome to Overcoming Betrayal and Addiction, a podcast brought to you by Seeking Integrity Treatment Programs and hosted by me and my sidekick, Tammy. Say hi, Tammy. Hi, Dr. Rob. Thank you. Our show provides useful answers to your most asked questions about cheating, betrayal, and addiction. Let's get started. First question. My husband is six months sober, and I don't believe he is in recovery, but he is definitely better than he was sometimes. So I was starting to feel comfortable with some physical contact. So we started holding hands. But every time I do that, my husband tries to take it further. And I say, no, I don't want to have sex yet. Last night, he told me to not try to make any physical contact until I'm ready to have sex because it triggers his rejection wound and makes him want to act out. This makes me feel very sad and like he just wants to act out with me. Any thoughts uh, would be appreciated. Thank you. Do I have to use my nice words? No, you do not. So hopefully there's no young people in ever watching these. But anyway, I don't think talk about rejection wounds. (laughs) If you're a spouse has been betrayed, you think he has rejection wounds? No, he thinks he has rejection wounds. Yeah, yeah. You can have rejection wounds. You have earned them. He, however, has not earned his rejection wounds. So if we're so let me say this in the kindest way possible. I, I work with a lot of spouses, and I think that you guys are incredibly compassionate and empathic. I wrote a number of books for you. However, in this case, I would tell him, uh, you know, if my physical contact leaves you feeling triggered, I think you should sleep somewhere else, you know, like outside the door, preferably in the cold. In other words, who gives a rat's butt what he feels rejected or i mean all of that stuff doesn't matter what matters is that he be respectful that he say i'd like look how old is he 17 you know is he 17 seven he can say you know i'm feeling aroused and i'd love to be with you further but i respect you know or in other words so what if he gets aroused are you saying i mean I know I see some things I get aroused doesn't mean I have to do it right away. And if you're a sex addict and you have to do it right away, then you have a lot of learning to do before you get aroused and have to act on it. So what your husband is telling you is I'm, I barely started recovery. I can't even be around you without wanting to use you to have sex. And to that, I would say, um, you need to be somewhere else because clearly this is too hard for you. And I'm much too loving to you. Actually, here's another one. Why did I get really mean to you? You know, I can be a total biatch and you're just going to have to live with that because apparently my being close to you causes you so much pain. Believe me, he'll want it you back in a nice way. So if I'm being sarcastic and raising my the temperature here, it's because I just think what he's saying is ridiculous. And, you know, uh, he's rejecting you because he feels it. So, honey, I would really wonder about your first sentence which is my husband is six months sober i don't believe is in recovery okay you're either sober in recovery or you're not i think that there's more going on here than you know about and i think that there's a reason he doesn't want to have sex with you or he does there's something going on there and i don't to me not in recovery means there's something going on there that he's not telling you and he's acting upon and it makes you feel re- how does it make you feel Okay, here's a good other one. Tammy's not here. Who cares what it makes him feel? How about I feel unwanted and undesired and used when you tell me not to hold your hand? We've been married for how many years and I can't even hold your freaking hand? 
I, I think that I would be more interested in this case and how I'm feeling and what's going on with me and what his actions leave me feeling as opposed to trying to do something to accommodate him. Um, anyway, that, that I had feelings about that one. Tammy? Oh, I have feelings about this one. That makes me sad. And like, he just wants to act out with me. Yes. And, and last night he told me to, you know, to try not to make any physical contact until I'm ready to have sex because it triggers his rejection and makes him oh. want to act out. So he gets to blame you for his wanting to act out. <laughs> no, 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 no. I can't say no. Yeah. So, so you did to me. Yeah. To me, this, what I'm reading is, I don't know what he's, I, you know, I, I think he's abstinent. I, you know, I'm willing to give him that, but I don't know what he's doing for his program. I don't know what he's doing for, you know, it, it, did he go call his sponsor and say, you know, I'm feeling really triggered. You know, what did he do rather than blame shift to you because you're the reason he wants to act out. If you don't give in and give him sex, we, we talk about this all the time. Nothing you can do or not do, you know, causes an addict to act out. They, you know, we all make our choices. So, so it is not your responsibility to give him sex so that he doesn't act out in another inappropriate way. I mean, like you said, I feel used and like he's acting out with me is probably pretty trust your gut on that one. So. And I want to say to you too, that I really respect how you're going about this because you're doing everything right. You know, I want to start holding your hand, see how that feels. Maybe we could, you know, give a massage. I mean, you're taking it in the right. We don't encourage having sex right away. We encourage you guys to have intimacy, not sexual intimacy, but emotional intimacy and some physical intimacy that does not involve intercourse or oral sex or what he's rejecting is the very thing that you, he needs to work on, which mm -hmm. is tolerating intimacy and closeness without having to go have sex or run away. So what you're asking is very reasonable. I would kick his butt to therapy or tell him to go to some more meetings and he'd definitely be sleeping other than in another place than my bed. Um, yeah. But that's just, that's just my- Therapeutic separation, it even feels. if it's within the home. So yeah, we both had strong reactions oh, no. to that. Thanks for asking. So, okay, next question. I recently found out that I was a sex addict. Me and my wife have been separated for a month now. I have been going to therapy and definitely want to save my marriage. My wife of seven years says she does not want to work things out. She does not want to seek help and does not want to learn about sex addiction. Is there a way for me to try and talk to her about it? Why don't you start, Tammy? I have different thoughts mm -hmm. about this one. I, I, as a person in recovery, I really believe that all I can do is work on me. You stand zero chance of, of saving the marriage or doing anything if you don't work on you. So changing the focus of I want to save the marriage I want to get her to understand and do what you need to do you know it says um uh I, I oh, let's see I have been going to therapy um so and uh, even if you're seeing an expert therapist like Dr. Rob if that's all you're doing it isn't going to cut it we talk about all the time you know that sex addiction isn't about sex sex any form of addiction isn't about that is about you know numbing out and, and everything else so and it's a 24 7 issue um uh so so i would encourage you i'm glad you're here fabulous that you're here um but you 
doing the most you can. You can't do too much right now. You're very early in the process. We, we have on this, uh, on the Seeking Integrity site, we have a work group, Sex Addiction 101. I would highly in, uh, encourage you to participate in that. It's a six-week course, 90 minutes a week, facilitated and guided so you'll get the support and peer con connection so that you um, you will learn more about what sex addiction is and what it isn't. So I would encourage you to focus on you getting into and getting stable in recovery. And hopefully, maybe, you know, she'll start seeing that you're actually changing. Um, um, but she's so hurt right now. I mean, I, you know, and I hear often from partners that are like, you know, just get away from me, stay away. And, you know, as they have time to process and if they see a little difference, who knows, but you stand no chance if you don't really work on you. How's that? Well, that's exactly what I would have said, Tammy, is, you know, I understand completely wanted to focus on, can I have my family back? Can I make it work out? Can, what can I say or do to make it better? And, you know, you just don't have any control over all that. I mean, you can make your wishes known. You know, I really hope that if you're in a place where we can work on this, I'd like to. But right now I'm going to work on me, is what Tammy's saying. And then mm -hmm. if she says, well, what about us? Then you can talk to her about you. Um, the other thing, and I just, um, uh, we've talked about this before, but it's not unusual for couples that have not been together a really long time. And no offense to seven years, that's a long time. But couples have been together 20, 30 years often say, well, there's no way we're going to separate. We have family, we have kids, we have church, we have money, we have, you know, so many things tied up with each other. But in six or seven years, especially if you don't have kids, and I don't know, we don't need to know, um, some spouses will say, you know, I can see where this is heading. And I look back, I'm speaking at the spouse now, and I see how we've gotten along and I have see how our relationship is. And this is my last straw. I mean, you don't know if this is one thing to be fixed or and I'll say that why in a minute. I have, um, I have so almost all the men who come through treatment is seeking integrity. Their spouses write a letter and it's about what have I been through with you and how have I experienced you and what has our relationship been like? And it's amazing to me how many men in the room have, will say, I've heard every word of that before from her, but I never really heard it. And so I wonder how long she's been asking things of you to be closer, to be more open, to help more, to whatever. But when we're acting out, we're like, oh, come on, you know, I'm busy. And, you know, it may just not be the sexual acting out that's pushed her over the edge. It may be years of having an unavailable spouse. So either way, I think it's your job to focus on you and let your needs be known and then let go. There's nothing a spouse hates worse than being hounded into getting you getting them where you want them when you've been using them forever to hide behind. So uh, it's her turn to have control. It's her turn to decide what goes and what's not. And you get to say, whatever you need, sweetheart, that's what you need. And I also read a book called Out of the Doghouse, which I would recommend having a look at for, uh, hold on, I got this, Out of the Doghouse, a relationship saving guide for men caught cheating. I always have to get that right. And the new workbook. I got, I got copies of the new workbook. So that's because we have I'm, a class. I know we do have one that, but here's the deal. I just recently found out I was a sex addict. Start with sex addiction 101, please start with sex addiction 101. So the out of the doghouse is great too, but you know, like, and one more little thing, you know, if you go, okay, well, this marriage is over 
and I'm just going to keep going on my merry way. You will burn through the next three relationships. So you taking time now to take care of you and your addiction, you know, it is meaningful for you, hopefully for her, but you know, but you, you've got no control over that, but you can work on you. Okay. Next one. I'm the betrayed partner. Can you please explain, especially to the essays, how important it is a full and honest disclosure is to the betrayed partner and how incredibly important, can't stress that enough, how important ongoing honesty, all caps is. I need your words to explain how betrayed partners need this so desperately without honestly, honesty, nothing can heal. Well, I don't think I could say it better than that. <laughs> I think that was pretty well said. I will simply say this. Um, when I read those spouses' letters that I was talking about that we read in treatment, um, you would think, and they really are the spouse saying, um, please read this to my husband in treatment or, or boyfriend, whatever it is, so that he can hear how I feel and what's going on with me. And you would think that those letters would be 95%. You had sex with this person. You had sex with this person. The guys, and honestly, me to some degree, are always surprised that 10% of the letters are about sex, literally. I mean, you write two pages, single spaced, and 10%, maybe 15. All the rest of it is, why won't you be honest with me? Why don't we just be open with me? Why can't we just have a meaningful relationship? This probably wouldn't have happened if we'd been talking to each other, or I even hear, and I would have helped you work through this if you had just let me know what's going on. The most destructive thing to relationship is lack of honesty. However, I wanna work from the addict side. I, I'm going to play the addict now. I believe if I tell her everything, she's going to leave me. If I, and in fact, if I tell her this thing, this thing that I think is such a big deal, that's the thing that's going to definitely make her leave or whatever it is and take the kids and I'll never see her again. And so, you know, you're, what you're working up against is this belief system that we have. Well, you're saying honesty is the most important thing. We're saying to ourselves, if I tell her more, she says she wants honesty, but I think she really just wants to know more. And if I tell her what that is, maybe she'll leave me, maybe won't work it out. So I'll just tell her part or what they don't understand is when you find out and you will, what's really going on, it's going to be really bad. Tammy and I have, I do these consultations for two hours online with some couples. And I can't tell you how many wives have said, look, I don't care if you're gay. I don't care if you look at porn. I don't care what it is, but I want to know what it is. Um, I think that is the number one thing for sure. I don't know about Tammy would say that every spouse wants is just tell me what has been going on in my life with you. And I can decide my own fate and my own future if I just know what's going on, or even ours, if I just know what's going on. So that's as strong an explanation as I can give. That's what you asked for. Tammy, anything you want to add? Just briefly, how important a full and honest therapeutic formal disclosure. I'm, you know, uh, uh, please don't do this at home. This is not a DIY project. So, so being, <laughs> being honest about like you know, doing the check-in, we've shared the FANOS, F-A-N-O-S, you know, check-in, being honest with that stuff, but you know, the gory details, please make sure you're working with a qualified professional. But, you know, I, I have, I have heard too many uh, disclosures that have gone badly because the, the addict has continued to lie or do partial truths. And as Dr. Rob said, the partners find out and then it, you are so much worse off. And, you know, but it's such a problem with the addiction that we perceive that, you know, that we can hold on to this, you know, that we can hang on to this because if they find out, 
you know, because we've been hiding things from ourselves, lying to ourselves as well for so long. So, um, but I'm, I'm with you. Honesty on all fronts is, is imperative. Don't even do a disclosure if you're not going to be honest. It's just, you'll make it worse. Okay. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Sure. No, I can't. Okay. Now I can. Yeah, now I can. Okay. Oh, okay. Next one. I'm re I've recently begun therapy for sex addiction compulsion while looking for support, be it online or in person support groups. How does one do so without alerting their spouse as to what they're doing? I don't want to have any half disclosures and I'm not ready for disclosure. Thank you. That's an interesting question. Like how do you get the help you need without telling your spouse I'm getting help for sex addiction, you know, cause it's challenging thoughts well i think what you surf i don't know how much your spouse knows so i'm not sure so tammy i don't know whether the spouse knows let's, anything let's at all. assume that's what i'm kind of assuming is that they are completely in the dark right now and if i say i'm going to go to a sex addiction meeting or if i'm looking for help online right. they're going to go why are you going to a sex addiction meeting you know what is that so you know so well, uh, here's the good news. A lot of meetings are online, so you don't actually have to leave. Um, boy, that is a really tough question because I, okay, so here's a thought. If they know what's going She's on. She's completely in I'm, the dark. Yeah, yeah. Mm, what do you think, Tammy? I, I mean, I have thoughts, but I'd love to hear your, your take on this because this is a tough one. I, so we, I'm, I do believe in integrity, but I also don't believe in hurting partners. So, so I think at some point, um, uh, you know, going to a qualified therapist to have a bit of like, I'm really struggling with some issues, you know, I want, I want to get some help. But the other thing, um, we've had a lot of clients come to treatment and they go, what do I tell my employer? And I said, COVID has been super helpful for that. You know, I am really struggling with some personal issues and I need to get some support around that. I want to tell you more, um, uh, not employers necessarily, but I want to tell you with a spouse. So I want to tell you more, but I need to figure some things out for myself, you know, now and you know, so that I can do that. And when I have a better, you know, handle on things. So that might be something that you could possibly um, use as I need to do some personal work. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm struggling with some issues. So what are your thoughts? Uh, I really don't know the circumstances and I agree. I don't want you to lie to your partner more, but um, at the same time, if, I mean, I don't want to do a half disclosure. I'm not ready for a disclosure. What I'm hearing you say is you don't want her to know anything until you, and so I guess I'm, I don't know. I mean, this just doesn't feel right to me. Um, the reason I think that Tammy and I are struggling is nine times at it. Well, 99.9 .9 times the spouse knows. And so it's not a surprise. Oh, you're going to meetings or this and that. It's actually, you know, I mean, by the time they come to us, they know something. So first of all, good for you for getting started on this process without uh, having had the pressure of, well, I got to do this or I'm going to lose my marriage or whatever. But I, I, so that's why we're struggling, I think. Um, you know, I'm, I'm really an honesty kind of guy. So look, here's the thing. I'll just tell you this way. You're effed no matter what, like the, it's not whether you tell your spouse or not, it's what you've done. So 
I don't think it matters whether you're ready for disclosure or not. If you want to start working on this, go to a couple of meetings and say, and then start talking to your spouse. You know, I've been going to these meetings. I want you to know what it's about, what I'm dealing with. I know you're going to be angry. I know you're going to be hurt. I can't tell you the details, you know, but I have a problem. I mean, I don't know a way around this. And when I said you're after either way, it's that you can wait and she's going to have to find out and that will be horrible. Or you can tell her now and she's going to find out and that's going to be horrible. Like there's no win-win here. Um, the, if it were me, uh, we have a saying at Seeking Integrity, tell the truth and tell it faster. And, and here's a way to think about it. If I were her, take yourself out of it. If I were her, would I want to know about this now based on what he's doing or would I want to wait? My guess is, I, I could poll you spouses, um, nine out of 10 of you would say, I want to know, you know, I need to know what's going on in my life. So it feels to me like you're kind of protecting, you're not protecting her for sure, you're protecting yourself. And so when you say, I'm not ready for disclosure, um, but maybe, but I think she is, and I'm not saying everything, but this is a major issue that's going on in your life. You know, it's like you found out you had cancer on some level. And I don't think I would say to my spouse, my, I wouldn't think I would say until I find out what kind of treatment I need, I'm not going to tell my spouse because they're going to be incredibly shocked. I think you just need to give her. So I would find the right therapist. And by the way, it's Tammy, T-A-M-I, at Seeking Integrity. Tammy's a four-letter word. The reason that I'm telling you that is we make referrals all over the country. And Tammy and I have done this work in various formats, different people, for almost 20 years. So um, you know, together in some ways. We've been separately doing this work. So rely on us or rely on someone to find a really good professional and bring your wife in and, and have this discussion in front of someone else. Um, I don't think it's something that I would take on alone. Um, I wouldn't do it to my spouse alone and leave them sitting there, you know, or running out of the house. So I think having someone else involved, I think, but I think getting started, someone said a hundred percent of spouses would want to know right now, there you go. Your partner fits into every one of these folks. And every one of these folks said, how could you keep this from me? Exactly. It's not your secret to keep anymore. Um, it, you share it, you need to tell her. And I am concerned about, I'm not, here's another thought as an addict, I will never be ready for disclosure. I will never, ever, ever. I'd like to avoid that the rest of my life. So not telling her is a really good excuse for not telling her tomorrow. And then the next day, well, and then I'm working on it. I'm getting really far ahead and she'll never know because I'm not acting out anymore. So now I don't ever need to tell her. So it's just heading in a direction that would not make me feel comfortable. Um, so Tammy, to you. No, I, I'm going to leave that one right there. So, okay. okay. Next question. I'm a female sex addict in therapy and 12 step meetings multiple times a week while going through trauma work. Do you have any advice for staying in recovery? I'm struggling a lot lately. We hear this often. So, well, yeah, I mean, I think so. There's a number of things here, but what I'll say this is this, it can be a challenge because what do we act out over? We act over act out over stress. We act out over anxiety. We act over feeling dysregulated inside. And guess what? Therapy and trauma work. Are, excuse me. Oh my gosh! Sorry, Tammy. Guess what? Therapy and trauma work are going to do. They are going to make you feel anxious and uncomfortable and build up pressure inside of you. So, you know, my take on it is until you have six months of sobriety and or or, or at least, and you're really tied into your program. It's not that you can't be in therapy and get that support, but I wouldn't start the trauma work. I think getting in trauma work means you are stable enough 
to be able to manage the difficulties and pain and hurt of that without returning to acting out. And I got to tell you that it's, this is where residential treatment comes in. I mean, I know that you need women's program and Tammy can certainly recommend one, but one of the, one of the reasons I see men, we see men coming in is because they can't get sober without dealing with their trauma because they know it's right there. But when they start to deal with the trauma, they act out. And so they really need a safe place to work on both things without ending up out there somewhere. So um, my answer to you is, you know, a safer environment, slow down. Your trauma is not going anywhere, I promise. And sometimes you, working through trauma, I think, is a lot about control in a good way. Like, I need to take a break from this. I can't talk about this right now, or this is overwhelming me. Or being able to manage the intensity of the therapy is what you couldn't do when you were being traumatized. It just happened to you. Now you can say, could we slow down? Could we not talk about the day? So what I would do is have a conversation with my professional about me having more control over pace, pacing. And I want them to respect that I'm really struggling with the acting out. And, and as much as we both want to work on that, I might need a little more just plain support. Um, you're not the first person to run into this. Um, unfortunately, I think there are therapists who don't quite understand and they just plow right through. And then you end up uh, you know, in a really bad place. So I have what you're writing makes perfect sense. I see it all the time. I think you need to slow down and really work on sobriety and touch them with your therapist for support, but try to get a different pace to the trauma work. By the way, I wanted to say something about trauma. And I, I know this from personal experience. I was in therapy. I'm laughing because I was in therapy forever, but I was in therapy sometime and I was hunting around for trauma issues. I was just, and my therapist said to me, you know, Rob, it feels like you're looking for it. And when you find it and you understand it, then everything's going to be better or you won't want to act out anymore. And she said, don't you understand? There are a hundred it's. There's this it and that it. And it's not just one thing that happens. It's a whole bunch of things that happen. And so I can get in touch with it without exploring it all because it's not just one thing. It's going to be a whole bunch of things. And so, you know, and it's not going anywhere, but it's never about finding it, working through it, and then being beyond it. You are it. <laughs> and so it takes a lifetime of exploration. You're not in a hurry. That was, that was so helpful. Thank you for sharing that. Because um, I do think if people are looking for the, the one thing, and if they identify it, you know, they, and then they can work on that, and then they won't have to deal with any of this. And and that's not reality for those of us in recovery. It's, you know, like you said, it's all it, but it's what we do with it too. So, okay. Well, and we can make a metaphor. You know, some people say, I want to lose weight. I just want to take a pill. Yeah. You know, well, no, you're going to have to walk. You're going to have to eat different. You're going to, you can still take the pill, but you got a whole bunch of things you can do, uh, need to do. It's not just that thing. And mm -hmm. it's not going to, by the way, you can do all the trauma work in the world. You're still going to want to act out. In case anyone is unclear about that, take it from someone who's done 25 years of trauma work and a lot of recovery. I still want to act out. I, I was saying to a friend, you know, Skip was here, right? And we were going out and I said, you know, it's springtime and everyone looks beautiful. They're not wearing as many clothes. They're just jogging by, you know, he said, he said something like, oh, you're not supposed to think that you're a sex addiction therapist. I'm like, I'm human, you know, and I have those thoughts. And as an addict, I still feel them. It's not going away, but how I choose to how I recognize it, what I understand it means, and what I do with it, all of that can change. But working on trauma doesn't mean the desire to act out is going to go away. You'll just have better choices to make. Yeah. Well, and owning it, like, like I think that's 
that's been so important for me. I own it. I say something out loud. I can't just go, oh, you know, oh, I would not be in good recovery if I didn't, you know, you know, cleanse my brain. You know, that's not real. So. Thank you for listening to this episode of Overcoming Betrayal and Addiction. If our words have led you to seek help, please reach out. You can always find us at www.seekingintegrity.com.